0: I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech
1: is coming into the world and we have to prepare
2: our our pupils for the real world.
1: This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest.
2: Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast.
3: So my name's Tim Burnett. It's the uh, 7th of May. I hope you're all well. This is the Surpass Community Weekly Update. Just a really very brief message, really, to everyone uh, who has friends or family or partners out in India. I hope um, everything's uh, OK. Uh, we'll send you all, your, all our best wishes to you, really, just to um, ensure that everything is is as best as it can be, really. And I know it's a bit of a grim situation, um, so all our love and thoughts are going out to you there. Um, so just continuing with our update, then, we have uh, just a reminder regarding this past conference, which is the eighth, uh, 4th to the 8th of October. Um, It's going to be a virtual event, uh, plan is to run it over three days and ideally have some kind of local hub events if uh, conditions allow. Um, So if you want more information, you want to register for that, then go to conference.surpass.com. Other information and news then, we have got the pre-release webinar. So um, as we pull a release out with Surpass, we have uh, one coming in early summer. Uh, So on the 3rd of June, uh, we're planning on running a webinar where the guys will take you through the latest features that are in that. So please do make sure you get yourself registered for that. I'll share the details in a second. Plus also, we are planning on having a webinar on uh, the use of uh, assessment for healthcare and uh, awarding and certification bodies. Um, We're planning to have a, a full range of speakers as part of this webinar. The date is set currently for the Uh, 8th of June. That might change just slightly, but if you go to spasscom slash sign up, then you'll receive a calendar update that we will update uh, and change um, if the date doesn't move. And obviously you'd be able to receive the recording if you weren't able to attend. So uh, make sure you do check that out. Next then is surpass roadmap update. So I got together with uh, Jen Warhurst uh, from the accounts team just to find out a bit more information about what's been going on in her planning uh, for the roadmap. So here's my chat with Jen earlier this week. Hi Jen, how are you doing?
1: Hi Tim, good thanks, how are you?
3: Not too bad, thank you for joining me today. Now we're gonna talk about roadmaps. Um, you've been doing some work on roadmaps for customers to understand what's happening as a kind of a year long view. So what's the what are the three roadmaps that you've been working on?
1: So um, I have been working on three roadmaps for the Flash to HTML program of work um, that I project manage. So the first one uh, we have just released, so that has kind of been sent out through account managers a couple of weeks ago, um, and that is the customer migration roadmap. So that includes lots of features like um, item types being converted to HTML, Uh, annotations being available, end of test feedback, Um, some of those features that we have available in Flash at the minute and aren't available in the HTML driver or in HTML subjects just yet. Uh, So it's all of the kind of timelines and giving people an idea of when those will be available and when we are planning on developing them in HTML.
3: And I suppose that's important because we've put the viewer application out there. People can continue delivering their Flash items and deliver their Flash tests, can't they? But there's still that legacy issue of items, which some are still Flash. Obviously, we've got a lot of HTML-based activities, but it's just helping people make that final step, isn't it? Um,
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So these are things that, that people kind of need to have in place, so that we can start to move away from Flash and start delivering exams in HTML. Um, it then means that if people want to deliver in um, web delivery, that that's obviously much easier in HTML. Uh, you can just use a mainstream browser. If you want to use secure client, you can you can still continue doing that, um, whether it's delivered in Flash or HTML. Um, but it just makes a lot of the end-to-end processes easier for people, um, and it means that we can um, be a bit more flexible in our in our use of tests and and how we deliver things.
3: Perfect, excellent. So tell me about the other two roadmaps then. What are the uh, the other two you've been working on?
1: So the other two are still under construction, um, and we just kind of mentioned that to customers um, in our email about the one that we have done. Um, so the two that we're working on are the remaining features and screens that we need to convert for test administration. Yeah. Um, so, so far we have converted Mark, um, Invigilate, Results and Schedule. There's still a couple of features that we want to finish off in uh, Schedule, Results and Invigilate, um, but one or two, there's not that yeah. much left in there that, that needs to be um, changed. We then still have Remark, Moderate and Audit. Um, and we are currently having a look at how we split those screens up, where we can add the best value. Um, is it by doing half of Remark and doing kind of half of the functionality in there and then we'll start doing half the functionality and moderate and then go back and finish Remark later. Because we work in um, Agile development, we kind of want to look at the best way that we can deliver value to customers. And sometimes that will be by making a subset of functions available in one of the screens and then moving yeah. on to make a subset of features available in, in another screen um, because there are there are fewer uh, functions that are used yeah. uh, by by all customers. So it's just trying to make sure that we have a nice... Balance um, in how we prioritize that. So we're still working on the priority of test admin at the minute, but yeah. we are hoping that by the start of the next release twelve twenty eight that we should have a roadmap available, um, so that so that we can share that and people understand when screens will will be coming available in HTML.
3: Perfect. And the content producer, I believe, is the, the the last of the roadmaps that you're working on. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about that.
1: Yeah so content producer is um one of our legacy products um from R11 uh as we as we call it release 11 um of surpass when when the product was kind of more modular so what was the equivalent of item authoring is content producer um mm-hmm. which was its own product and there are so many different things that you can do in content producer it's basically like having a blank page you can stick a bit of stuff here some stuff there um, you can go crazy. Uh, so, because we have made that tool available to some of our older customers, and they were used to um, the different things that you can do in Content Producer, we yeah, still it's quite to embedded think...
3: in their process, wasn't it? It was quite yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, we we now kind of need to take some of those features and functionalities from that old product and make sure that they're available and supported not only in R12, but that they're there in HTML in R12. So there's some work going on to understand how we solve that problem um, at the minute. And we have some, there's kind of some work and a development team working on that at the minute. Um, But then there's a few other things that we we know that we still need to look at after we've kind of completed that. Um, But there will be a roadmap coming out soon that just gives, an overview of certainly the next few things that we've got planned for it.
3: Perfect. And how is all this going to be connected to the release cycle? Because obviously we've got twelve twenty-six is coming soon, isn't it? And there's a webinar on yes. the third of June planned for that. But um so what how's it how's it connected?
1: So what we are aiming on doing is that with each release we have, um at the start of that we do what's called release planning. So all of the uh, developers and the supporting resources so our product owners technical architects design uh, solutions architects we get everyone all together and have a meeting and say here are the things that we want to achieve in this release here are the features we want to look at um can you go away and plan them uh and then tell us which of those you think are going to fit in and mm. are some bigger than we initially thought are some going to be smaller Um, and that kind of gives us a better view of what will happen in each release so because of the way we do that planning um, I will then once we've finished that and kind of got that outline and said this is what we think we'll achieve in this release I will then update the roadmap uh, with that information potentially that will have an impact on a couple of the other releases following Um, but that will mean that the that we're regularly refreshing that information. It yeah. also means that I will add another release onto the end um, so that we're always giving a roughly a year view um, yeah. of the yeah. development that's coming up so that, so that we're kind of making sure it, the information that we have, we're giving to our customers so that uh, they're as up to date as possible as they can be, uh, knowing that we plan to different horizon planning timelines so yeah. the information we have on the features that are closest to us and going to happen more more soon but again that are oh. going to happen sooner yeah. um that we have better information on them and we're kind of more confident in those features than we are the ones that are a bit further away and further out
3: yeah that's no, fine because you, you spend more time and detail on the, the ones that are closer don't you
1: exactly yeah. so the, the ones that are closer will always have been more refined
3: yeah and it's a nice way isn't it because you know otherwise if you just did a snapshot in time this is what a year is going to be like Yeah, you know, as we know a year a lot could change in a year yeah. very much so so yeah it, it needs to be constantly uh, considered doesn't it well that sounds all brilliant how can people get a hold of this how can uh SPAS community members find this information
1: so if you um haven't already got it uh send your account manager an email or give them a call uh, and ask them to send it over to you and uh they will be able to share the roadmap with you.
3: Perfect. Um and also reach out to me as well if you if you're not too sure and I'll try and help you. Well thank you very much, Jen. Much appreciated. And uh take care and I hope you're safe and well and uh, I'll speak to you soon.
2: No
1: problem at all. Thanks for having me, Tim.
3: Cheers. Bye. See you later. Thanks for that, Jen. Uh, So a lot of information there for us past community members to digest. Obviously, reach out to your account manager if you want more detail. So this week we did a workshop uh, looking at item banking. We had uh, quite a big audience uh, come along and we broke off into three groups. And one is going to share with you one of the clips from the questions uh, responded on as part of the the, uh, warm up and the preparation as part of the, the, the event itself. Um, There was a lot of detail on it, and uh, there was one particular group where there was um, was so much detail that we only really scratched the surface. So I think we'll definitely be uh, unpacking that further and and breaking it down into um, further uh, segments. But here's uh, Chris's bit, um, just talking about integrity and publishing.
0: Hi, I'm Chris Morrison. I'm the Vice President of Product Management at Surpass and today as part of the workshop we're going to be covering several topics and please join us if they're of interest to you firstly we're going to be looking at virtual working guidance so the recent impact of COVID-19 has meant that we've had to change a lot of the practices that we had previously so a lot of in-person processes or events are now being done virtually and even beyond uh, the other side of COVID it looks like a lot of that is set to stay and we've learned a lot from adapting and many other things that we do, for example, uh, item writing, item review, uh, standard setting. Uh, they we found different ways to do those, and we'd like to discuss, you know, what we've learned and how we can use technology to to leverage our ongoing processes. Uh, recently at ATP, I hosted a discussion with Amanda Danis, where we covered standard setting in particular and how technology can actually support the remote or virtual kind of. Uh, operation of those activities. Uh, there's some compelling discussion and there's a handout available as well, which you will have just seen on screen that we can share. Uh, in particular, where virtual sessions kind of um, perhaps give opportunity for less security of the items, we had some thoughts and think there are opportunities around even online proctoring of those events to try and make sure that the items and their integrity are kept as tight as possible. So next, we're gonna also cover instant item editing and publishing. Now, if you use Surpass in its entirety, so from authoring to delivery, then you'll be able to take advantage of the instant nature of the publishing of items. So if you recognize that you want to make a change to an item that's in a test, you can make that in item authoring, save those changes and it will instantly publish through and will be available the next time you schedule that test. There are some things you should bear in mind, like whether the test has already been downloaded to take a center in advance. So just be sensitive to uh, the timing of any changes that you need to make. And next, we're going to also cover the publishing of items and tests to third-party systems. Now, we appreciate that not everybody uh, uses Surpass for delivery of the high-stakes test, that there may be another provider uh, that we need to get those tests and items to. And Surpass supports this. So if you just use Surpass for item authoring, then you can still uh, export those items or your tests out uh, through a variety of formats uh, that other suppliers can then ingest. So that can range from a spreadsheet or getting a whole kind of pool book pool book out as a Microsoft Word document. And also we do um, more sophisticated support, for example, providing uh, ready-made packages of tests and items that can just be loaded into a third party supplier's uh, test network uh, to be delivered as part of a wider ecosystem. Now. In particular, we've had a few questions to kick us off, so I can cover those and some answers to those right now. So, the first one is How am I able to ensure exam integrity in a virtual environment? And one of the key things I can say in response to this is ensuring that your items are kept in a very controlled state. So, you are aware of who has access to them, you can control that very tightly. The audit of any changes made to those items and who has viewed them is all tracked. So, as part of the past, you can do that and you can restrict access for people doing reviews or uh, writing or standard setting only to the subset of items that they should have access to. So, your bank is never fully opened up to anybody that shouldn't have that access. Uh, next question that we had was about the technical reliability of embedded images and video. Now, all uh, images and video are stored in the media library of Supass. Um, we can upload high-resolution uh, media files, and so they're rendered out, you know, in the, the state in which you upload them. Um, in particular, what you should bear in mind, however, I would suggest, is the the way that the test is going to be delivered. So you should bear in mind the the environments, like the technology and the bandwidth of the centers uh, where the tests are going to be delivered. Or if it's going to be taken at home to online proctoring, be sympathetic to the candidates and the technology that they'll be using, since it'll possibly be their own machines. Uh, just bear that in mind when considering what media should be you should be adding. And then lastly, uh, we had a question about working with items for offline uh, sort of review. So if SMEs need to have a version of each of these items and they don't want to have to worry as we move more and more, possibly in future, to in-person events of some sort. We become dependent again on hotel internet connection, you know, dodgy Wi-Fi, and so on. So, if that's something that you want to have a backup plan to get around, or make it the primary way of reviewing those items, you can get them out through uh, a few different means to have an offline copy. So, that'd be a, a word document, a uh, Excel file, um, and Yeah, or we can discuss further as well. Any more helpful formats for getting those out. Okay, well, join us, and we'll look forward to discussing these topics uh, after this. Thanks.
3: Thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, So um, Sam very kindly wrote up uh, some notes from the event itself, so you can check those out if you go to surpass.com slash news. Um, Like I say, hopefully we'll be running another one of those workshops uh, with some more focused uh, items as part of it. So finally, today, just in terms of the updates, um, I caught up with Jeff and Brian regarding the uh, Beyond Multiple Choice conference, uh, sorry, event that ran a few weeks ago. Um, they do run a conference later on in November, but this is a kind of uh, almost an early summer uh, warm up to that particular event. Um, so here's uh, my chat with Brian and Jeff. Jeff and Brian, welcome. Great to see you. Pleasure to meet you. Tim. Pleasure. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, I hear you had an absolutely um, fantastic conference, uh, a fantastic event, really, wasn't it? It was a, a one-day webinar. Uh, Jeff, do you want to just tell us a bit more about the audience and the, the breadth? Yes, I, I,
2: I think what one of the big takeaways for me was just the, the breadth of the audience we managed to reach um, in the course of, of the day. Um, we had something like about 800-plus delegates registered. We had well in excess of 400, almost 500 people View during the course of the day. But what was really exciting, I think, was that that covered, literally covered the globe. We had people from, um, from New Zealand, Australia, the Philippines, China, all the way um, traveling, the, the following the, the rise of the sun um, across, across the globe. And not only did we have the geographical spread, we had the sectorial spread as well. So we had people who were interested in K-12 and the schools market, and indeed preschools. In a, in a couple of cases. We had university and college. We had the workplace. We had organisations from the third sectors and charities and agencies. We had government and, and um, government agencies and bodies. Um, so it was really exciting to get a, such a broad spectrum of interest and to see that there are shared issues and shared values and shared ideas out there. And that we can learn from each other and, and, and pick up ideas and um, ways to move forward.
3: That's fantastic. So a really well attended event, then, really. Brian, in in terms of the context and and the kind of themes of the discussions, what, what what was explored? Yeah,
4: whereas our three-day events in November have really focused on technology formats, new ways to do assessment that go beyond multiple choice, this was a nice opportunity to sort of step back and and put those kinds of uh, ideas and trends into a broader context in the assessment landscape. So we talked about issues of uh, inclusion and and fairness, uh, and then led into some uh, ways that uh, technology solutions uh, are trying to address the the ongoing challenges, especially in the context of the past year, uh, but really the, the broader trends within assessment generally, like inclusion, uh, like fairness, uh, like uh, accessibility. Uh, so it was a nice opportunity to, to put these uh, core ideas of how do we go beyond multiple choice into that broader assessment landscape.
3: Brilliant. And, and as we kind of look now towards the, your next big, the actual conference itself in, in November, Jeff, do you is there something that you've taken away from this uh, event that you think we'll, we'll see more of um, on that journey?
2: Yes, I, th- I think the whole agenda around equity and fairness within the systems and inclusion um, within the systems will, will, will play a larger and larger role. We don't work in assessment, I think, in a vacuum, do we? We work right. in a bigger social um, uh, milieu, if, I, if to, to use the, the expression. Uh, and I think we'll see influences of the need for equality across gender, across races, across social um, divides, everything from, from the digital divide through to the requirements to see a more balanced um, set of faces on, calls, on conferences and events like, like ours. So I think that's a big subject. I think that's grown. I think in the past, um, there's been an enormous amount of work and, and, and you know, Tim, the retail House of community will know, know well the sort of stuff that you've been doing. But I think that will grow now. I think we'll become much more aware and we will become much more responsive as a profession, as an industry, as a community.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's certainly a huge momentum and a huge wave, and it, it's only going in one direction, isn't it? With mm, that. what about yourself, Brian? In terms of uh, things that stood out to you, what what, what are you going? What do you see kind of panning out over the next few months?
4: Right. So, coming from the US, the, the topic of college readiness has been uh, really a hot topic lately. Uh, and if you think about that as sort of a one point in time, uh, one chance to sort of assess uh, students. Uh, it, it really has relied a lot on multiple choice because it's, uh, you know, it's an efficient way to capture, uh, assessment across a large group of people. We saw some hints, uh, in our April seminar with regard to using things like performance tasks to assess college readiness. So I think that's going to continue to be a, a question of interest, particularly as we think about different ways to evaluate, different ways to assess, different techniques and formats and how those scale, all those kinds of questions are really coming to head around this issue of college readiness. So that's likely to be a a continuing conversation.
3: Fantastic. Uh, are the recordings going to be available from the, the event? Because I know some people are unable to attend. Yeah, sessions. we'll have the recordings up soon. Uh, we'll have most of the presentations available. Uh,
4: and, of course, we have our special issue. We're taking some of the content from the April seminar also for the uh, Beyond Multiple Choice special issue in e Magazine. That'll be available uh, over the summer.
3: Excellent. I'll I'll share the URL for people so that they know where to go for that. And what are the dates of the November uh, event? Do you have those? Yep, November 3 through 5.
4: Uh, we'll be sending out our call for uh, presentations soon, uh, as well as sponsorship opportunities. So uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the last one's in the bag, and we're getting ready to uh, set up the next one.
3: Fantastic. And I, I, I'm looking forward to this past being represented at your amazing event. So yes, well done. Thank you. Uh, thank you for putting on such an excellent event and yeah, leading this conversation in the community. We Really appreciate it. So, Thank
2: you, thank you for the opportunity today.
3: That's fine. Well, thank you very much, and take care, both of you, and we'll speak soon. Yep. Bye. Thanks. Excellent, guys. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Jeff, that was uh, excellent. Um, so just to reminder of other things that are going on to the International E-Assessment Conference Awards. Uh, the award uh, finalists have been announced. Uh, the winners will be announced on the 4th uh, – sorry, the 8th, 15th, 22nd, 29th of June as part of uh, a series of events. Uh, So please do check that out. If you want to register, go to e-assessment.com slash conference. Um, then there's also the European Association of Test Publishers. Uh, the call for papers is now open as well, and the deadline for that is the 1st of June. I've t- been told that that is the deadline, uh, so there'll probably be no movement on that one. So make sure you get yourselves uh, submitted for, for that amazing event. The event itself will take place on the 27th to the 29th of uh, September. If you want any more information about these, then please go to com slash events. Finally, just some more community events and information. I'll just add this to the stream. Uh, so we've got um, uh, Proctor Exam. Uh, they've they run an event and they've been having some communications uh, following that. So please do check that out. It's worth uh, checking out uh, Daniel's uh, team's work. Uh, some great stuff there. Uh, ITCC. I've got a, a presentation coming up as part of their uh, meeting on May the twelfth. Alpha Plus very have kind of been sharing out some case studies uh, in relation to the work that they've been doing, medical uh, certification and um, uh, training related uh, certification. So please do check those out. And finally, I just thought this was a great idea. Uh, Chris from uh, CPA Canada shared out a message that he'd received a, um, a gardening bag uh, as part of uh, their kind of promo and support for their team. So uh, that's a lovely idea, get people out and about. Um, So thank you very much. I hope you're all safe safe and well, and I'll speak to you next week.
4: We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com.
3: We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.